You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday, so it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro from Sassman Securities in Johannesburg. David, I'm looking at the screen and it's dull again. I mean, we, there's two bits mm, that we have mm, to look at. Mm. We've spoken about it exhaustively in the past, but we have to look at the Anglo-American platinum numbers. They're in mm. black and white now. I only got a short form announcement. You've probably got the, mm. the longer version. But when you look at the numbers, how much they produced less than last year, how much they received yeah. less in dollars and significantly less in rand terms. And it's just, it's not good. And then they announced that there's 3,700 3, jobs at risk because of, of, of cost cutting. Mm. And that's inevitable. And then, of course, yeah. the cycle will turn, uh, prices will go up again, and they'll, they'll rehire but a dire business at the moment. No, and and how? You know, I look at it from a different angle. Mm. I'm not looking at it as a platinum mine. I'm looking at it from South Africa's point of view. This is where we get our tax revenues. And uh, if you look at Anglo Platts that came out today, there's a whole host of other businesses that that also came through. um, Not Impala, Northern Platinum. Northern, yes. Ital Tile. Yeah, there are a few companies that came through. And every time a business comes through with lower profits, it means that revenues that they're going to collect, um, you know, in, in, in tax, because these are locally, these are local businesses. This is not British American tobacco who's got a, a plant in Europe or something like this. So these are the local businesses. And what it does suggest and what it does point to is lower revenues for uh, for our country. And, and we need those revenues. We need to grow revenues, not reduce revenues. So for me, it's, it's, it's a frightening aspect. And what's concerning me, as we saw in the midterm budget, and we saw even a year ago in the budget, is that the um, individual taxpayers are starting to carry the burden. You know? and, and you can't overburden them. You also got a situation where a lot of those people, a very small amount who are accountable for and a huge percentage of individual taxes are, are retiring, they're emigrating, they're going elsewhere, you know. So um, I don't know what the outlook is. And also they're not growing their revenues because, um, because you know, things are bad here. The economy's not going anywhere. So I don't know, you know, we're going into this kind of downward spiral, which I think is going to be very difficult to uh, to get out of. And that's where I look at it. You know, I, I don't look at it from a point of view. I know that platinum prices can change, but the immediate effects, I think, on the economy are quite far-reaching. And you know we look at results all the time. In a, very, in a few of them are making headway, are making big turnarounds. So, um, you know, I'm deeply concerned, and, and there's no doubt that the platinum producers – and the other miners were the big contributors to to uh, you know to the revenue stream, and and especially like coal miners and that, where the coal price a year ago has come crashing down, you know after the uh, after Russian invasion of Ukraine, you know prices spiked and they've come down. So I think that's how I'm looking at it. But it is also from an employment point of view now, you know that they're going to lay off miners who are not going to find jobs elsewhere. I think because it's not only Anglo Platts that's going to do it, Northern, Impala, all these businesses are going to follow the same course. Yes, they will. And of course, so, it's quite, it's quite mm. pertinent that you talk about the revenue that mm. the revenue impacts mm. on the South African fiscus because this Wednesday, of course, we've got the budget. Yeah. And this year, yes. revenue, particularly from the corporate sector, will be, will be severely crimped. And secondly, yes. there's more people looking for more benefits. It's, a, yes. it, it's the yes. worst possible scenario, David. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, I look at it, you know, that's how I look at it. I know that there are a lot of people who get upbeat. They sit in nice, comfortable offices on the top floor of a building, you know, with plush carpets. They've got their spreadsheets in front of them and they're managing pension money or other people money and they say that there's plenty you know there are plenty of prospects here yes there might be some smaller businesses that are doing well but when you look at it from a broad point of view you know this is pointing to uh, a very dire situation and the only way we get out of it is you can't raise taxes because there is no capacity you know this is literally flogging a dead horse and people will have resistance to paying more tax and uh, so you've got to grow the economy. But on the other hand, you mentioned it. You know, you've got social social obligations as well. There are people out there who can't get jobs who are starving. So you pay them. But there's no return on that. You know, that's not, you know what I mean? You're not building infrastructure. You're not building a foundation on which you can grow the economy. You're just allowing them to buy food. You know, you, yes, I'll go to checkers. You might be able to say there's a multiplier effect because people spend and checkers makes money or ShopRite makes money. But, uh, um, you, know, I, 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 you know, for me, it's very concerning. And, and Lindsay, where's it? You'll, you'll hear. I don't know whether they're going to make projections, but the, the Reserve Bank makes projections. 1.3% growth, 1.3% growth. I don't know. You know, if, if we make that. We can, you know, that's nothing. No, that's, no, it's not. I mean, the, 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 that's nothing. This is a country. This is a. It's, it's, uh-huh. it's maybe it's a second world country. I don't know. But I think in the last couple of years, the deteriorating infrastructure, whether it be roads, railways, ports, whatever, is becoming more, more and more third world. I, we we need four to five percent consistently for a decade. We need to do a China for ourselves. Yeah. Otherwise, we're we're just we're just getting worse and worse. And that one point three percent. It's cursory. I mean, it's it's nothing. You may as well be going flat like the UK. Uh, at least the UK has yeah. has something uh, something more than South Africa has. You can't put put no. out a team of chaps no. to fill in potholes if there's no money for it. And then so somebody no. uh, smashes his car tire, his or her car tire, and then has to take it in, and it costs them a fifteen hundred uh, rand or something. It just goes on and on. It's not just the potholes; no. it's the no. knock-on effect and the psychological effect no. as well. Is I don't I, know if it ever affects you in that way no. psychologically. No. I, I, I look psychologically. Logically, I curse every time I get into my car. In fact, I I had a I went to uh, I had an appointment in Linksfield today, and I was driving through the through Sydney and everything. The roads are appalling, you know. And there's one thing about South Africa: when we repair roads, we just leave them in a state of disrepair. You know, we leave the muck on the side, and you don't care if they're holes, they're beggars all over their place. You know, where every every traffic light or robot or stop street, there's somebody there coming and looking into your window with a you know with a cup, asking for some uh, you know for charity and so on. It's a tragic situation. Mm. But Lindsay, what we don't re- you know, I, why we need change? Do you know what I mean? One of the reasons you need change, and you hear me on about this all the time, is that the efficiencies, this cadre deployment. You know, giving jobs to people who've been loyal or who, who are part of the ANC, you know, continue, all you do is you perpetuate the ineffectiveness of the administration, the inefficiency and indolence, and you can name whatever words, you can go look up synonyms in a thesaurus and, <laughs> and just keep sprouting there. But, you know, that's what I'm trying to say is that the 
inefficiencies in the system. So all you need is a, is a change, you know, where you can start, uh, you know, improving delivery. By improving delivery, you'll start to see the savings falling to the bottom. But you can't do it with the same people uh, in charge. You know, you need you need fresh a fresh approach to this, and that's my fear as well. Is that they'll hobble the ANC will hobble together a, uh, a you know some kind of coalition with with equally minded people, and there we've got another five years of promises that are never fulfilled. So if I sound you know all I'm trying to do is shake people up and saying you know wake up, this is not going to work. You know it's it's it's. It's you've got to have change. Yes, there's opportunity. Yes, we've got a wonderful country. Yes, there are minerals in the ground. We've got wonderful golf courses in, you know, around the country. We've got game parks. We've got all of this. But uh, you need the proper people to manage it. Well, you haven't got any competition. No. I mean, we know what happens. I mean, look at Russia. Uh, Russia has mm. a president who's probably going to be the longest serving president in Russian history. I mean, Stalin, I think, was 29 years in power, that murderous mm. dictator. And now you've got another oh. one. The only reason he hasn't murdered more people is because he hasn't really had the opportunity to, putting people <laughs> into the fields and, and killing them with, oh. with work, to, you know, to get yeah. more wheat for the Russian economy. But Putin can't do that. But he's still a murderer. And he's still going to probably yeah. beat, I think he's got another five years. I think he's been there, oh, he's been there 24, yeah. 23 years or something. Mm. I don't know, but yeah, anyway, nasty little man. He's, but the, the point is, there's no political opposition. And it's not as if you can wake yeah. up in the morning and you've finished your university degree and your parents say, OK, okay David, what are you going to do? Say, I'm going to start a political party. It takes, it takes a decade to get a political party together and then to challenge. So there's no. nothing. I don't yeah. know. I don't, I don't even follow South African politics anymore. You've got the EFF. I know about that. Oh, so, we've got... We've got hundreds of parties. I don't know, you know whether they're okay. effective or not. I don't even know. I just I wish there was the soccer party again because that's the one I'd probably vote for. Definitely. But I think uh, in 1994 they they might have got a few votes. I haven't heard from them since. But there are plenty of new parties. Everybody's starting a party, and I'm not quite sure what they all stand for. But uh, you know, you know what's so interesting, and I think I heard this from Hillary Clinton. And Bill Clinton, I think, during an interview. Mm. And they said, the problem where you have, and I'm applying this to the ANC as well, where you have dictators for life, Xi, what's it, Kim Jong-un? Kim, yeah, the, 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 the Kim yeah, family. Kim, yeah. and, and, and Putin, and I'm sure there are many others around the world as well. Where you've got dictators like that who point themselves for life, every time there's opposition, they become fearful and all they do is get rid of it. You know what I mean? They can't face opposition. And that's the biggest danger in these so-called dictatorships. And that's what Putin will do. He, he wants to be there forever. Whatever it is, however he believes it, he surrounds himself with people who apply terror to the whole country. And every time a little bit of opposition appears, he'll blot you out. You know, and that's, that's the danger. So you get inefficiencies. And we're seeing it in China. You know what I mean? You see it in China with Xi at the moment. You know, the economy is going the wrong way and they can't get out of it. Why? Because he's going to be there for life. Yeah. You know, he's, he's there forever. So every time somebody opposes him or dares to stand up, boom, 
you won't find him. What a horrible conversation we're having. Yeah, it is. It's oh. Okay. Otherwise, David, uh, your weekend, your relaxed, <laughs> your, your, your relaxed reading of the Financial Times and the Economist, and other. There was a lot to read. Yeah. Go on then. No, Give us was, your favourites. Was... <laughs> I learned an expression now, which I absolutely loved. Yes. And it was. Uh, it says the paroxysm. Paroxysm writing of this AI down. ecstasy. Paroxysm. Which I didn't know. P-A-R-O-X-I-S-M. X-Y. Paroxysm. I-S-M-S. Yeah. Which means an outburst of emotion. Ah, paroxysm. So the man was, it was in the FT where you would find it probably. Yeah. You know, and uh, talking about this infatuation uh, or um, of AI. You know, he mm. called it paroxysm of AI ecstasy. So I love that phrase as well, you know, because uh, uh, talking about all the supporters of NVIDIA and all the other AI applications which are drawing a lot of money. But um, I think the one thing that scared me a little bit, which concerned me, was a massive increase in exposure to NVIDIA by hedge funds. Oh dear. When hedge funds start, but yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, when hedge funds go long and they take these massive bets and they're all taking them, you know, there was a whole string of hedge funds uh, quoted, you know, who've taken big, big shares. This is not private equity, this is hedge funds, you know, who are there for, for the money. I start to shut up, I say, okay, you know, as soon as that turnaround, as soon as that. Uh, uh, merry-go-round just slows down. You know, I don't want to be there. And I, I'm not suggesting that there's anything wrong with the business and the chips that they're making and selling and that. But I always feel uncomfortable where where the hedge funds are involved in taking a stake. I prefer people to be bearish on the market, you know, like uh, calling for uh, the end of the world rather than saying this is, um, you know, this is a paroxysm of, you know. So of, what do you do? Paroxysm. What do you do with a, I, I, with a glamour I mean, stock like yeah. NVIDIA, okay? Uh, it hasn't been, it's, been, a, it's been around for a while. <laughs> uh, does it pay dividends? Yeah. No, not uh, yet. Very little, very, very little. Okay, so it's plowing the, yeah. all its all its profits back into R and D and maybe share buybacks. Mm. I don't mm. know, but anyway, it's mm. doing that. What do you do? Do you say to yourself, okay, it's on a, I don't know what PE it's on. It's probably on a 40, 50 mm. PE, maybe higher, David. Mm. Uh, not, like- not. In fact, we'll see from the results which come out this week. Yes. What they say about uh, demand ahead. Um, you know, they can maintain their dominance for some time. It's going to take. A couple of years for other chip makers or uh, manufacturers to catch up. But believe me, all along the line, you know, there are people looking. And this is a, this is a very vibrant, changing climate. And, uh, you know, every time there's a new AI application, it challenges some of the incumbents like Adobe, you know, who are very, very well known for, uh, visual, you know, for uh, what do you call it, not video, for, for graphics, you know, for uh, photographs and so on, yes. who are able, who had applications. There suddenly the new applications that might challenge it. So you're getting this happening all the time, which is the, which is great news because it's the formation of this industry. But what I'm, uh, you know, with NVIDIA, it will take time. And, and everybody, if you want a video chip, I think you can wait up to a year to get it. So you dare not fall behind. You know, you, you don't want to not put orders in. But, I mean, down the line, somewhere along the line, you're going to get uh, competition coming. And uh, you, you want to make sure that you have eased out before 
this happens. You know, they'll, they'll always do well, but the markets, uh, you know, when, when the momentum slows down, you might find some pain coming. So I'm certainly uh, uh, I'm still very bullish on NVIDIA. I'm bullish on what it says, but but you've got to be vigilant. You know, you can't you can't just go to snooze and say, oh, you know. If you buy a share is, uh, at fifty dollars uh, a share, David, you buy it at fifty dollars, yeah. okay, and then it yeah. has a terrific year, just like Nvidia, just mm. like ARM, mm. ARM. I mean, look at that thing up eighty yeah. percent in a week. I think it was last week or the week before, yeah. and, it, and it goes completely bonkers. What do you yeah. do? Do you say, okay, I've got my main holding at an average of fifty dollars a share. It's now one hundred and fifty dollars a share. I'm going to yeah. protect that by putting in a trailing stop stop loss, like it. Uh, yeah. I'll put a stop loss in at one hundred and hundred or one hundred and ten or something like that just in case there's one of these whopping hedge fund-related um, washouts. I don't know. You, you obviously yeah. don't do that. No. No, I no, no. I, I don't do it. I don't, I don't cover myself. But, but I do keep very vigilant. You know mm. what I mean? I watch the share price. I watch. Uh, you can start to see when the good news no longer has any impact on the share price. Yeah, and very good news. Then you've got to start saying, "Okay, you know, it's all in the price." Start taking it a bit easy. It's all in the price, and you wait a bit, you know, because we've got big margins there already. You know, you've made a lot of money, so you can afford. You've got the uh, the benefit of time. The problem is, and this you always ask this question: is what about the newcomers? Mm. You know, what about the new money? And and that's difficult. You know, I'm, that's why I say I'd rather go for the socks which is the ETF, which has got uh, a whole string of other um, chip bakers in it. Mm. And I feel more comfortable in that. Mm. Good. But, yes, it's, you have to – you know, Lindsay, you can never – don't ever take the market for granted, up or down. You know, I mean, well, just, just as, as I, I, I gave a talk the other night and I said every day I wake up and I say, are the reasons I'm holding the stock still relevant? If yes, okay. You know, it's binary, yes, no. Next day, are the you know, are the reasons that I bought the stock still relevant? Yes, no, yes. Okay. You could do another one. You could say say to yourself, "Am I buying Anglo-American platinum today? No. Am I staying with my Nvidia today? Yes." And that's it's almost it's yes. almost the same yes. sort of thing yes. until yes. the tide yes. turns. You may miss the first yes. ten, fifteen percent upside yes. or downside, yes. but you'll still make yourself a lot of money. Yes, yes, yes. Now you know what? There was an article, another article I read about. Uh, in fact, I saw it with a company called Albemarle, which is a very large lithium producer. It's got it's got other arms of, of uh, um, you know, it's got a lot of other businesses. This is in the in the U.S. and they downgraded their views on lithium. Hmm. You know, for 2020, their long-term views they've downgraded what they see as demand. And I said, okay. And a lot of the reasons, if you followed certain articles as well, is that the take-up of electric vehicles in the West is not as high as everyone expected. China, it's fine. You know, there are reasons. But in the West, it's not. And manufacturers are getting caught on the wrong side. And oh. you can see it in some of the new ones. So you, that's that's the kind of news you say, okay, <laughs> all right. You know, I like the theme. <laughs> I love the theme of electric vehicles. But let's be realistic. Nickel price is coming down. Lithium price is coming down. Cobalt price is coming down. You know, coming down. I'm not talking. You know, lithium has has lost I don't know ninety percent of its value. And you say, okay, there might be a story there. <laughs> just just stay calm. Just be careful.
I'll just I'll tell you and, another uh, thing. I see another thing that's coming down, and and I think this is almost a hedge fund play now with the oil price around eighty three dollars a barrel. The price of natural gas. I mean, everyone went yeah. mad when Ukraine and Russia got stuck into each other. Yeah. It, it went close to four dollars. I think it's uh, per BTU, something like that. It's now one dollar fifty. And the UK consumer bodies are all up in arms because they say that the gas prices are at the same level as they were in 2018. And yet gas prices have at the wholesale level and gas prices to the consumer have more than doubled. So it's, yeah. it's a very tricky one. Prices don't tend to come yes. down, do they? They, yeah. they? At the consumer level, they tend to stay the same. But yeah, there's lots of stuff going on in the commodity sector. Lithium mm. is, is a startling example of that. No, I know. So all, all I'm saying is that don't, you know, I've, I've always thought this was a very strong theme, battery manufacturer, and it probably is. But uh, it's not being taken up at the levels that we thought it was going to be taken up. And you've got to recognize that. You know, you can't just brush it aside and let your ego get in the way. So if you're wrong, you're wrong. You know, admit it, okay, move on, find something else, you know, or look mm. for something else. Okay, uh, speaking of moving on, let's move on to some football <laughs> if we can, David, because it's a, <laughs> yeah. you've got a big week coming up with the UEFA Champions I League. Saw you, I saw Ipswich doing well. Hey, they, they're up there, huh? Well, they were, they, they've gone from second it. to fourth, but now they're, they've got nine quite easy games in a row. And if they could get seven wins out of those nine, they'll be up in second again. Because Leicester are, are, are more or less promoted. I mean, they're 12 I'm points clear, I think. Yeah. But I have to say, your Arsenal team is looking scary. OK, they've played rubbish teams. They played West Ham, yeah. who, as yeah. you said last week, didn't turn up. And this week they went to Burnley, who were awful. So Sheffield United and Burnley are already down. You can discount them from, yeah. from any yeah. more. The Sheffield United game... I saw I saw the worst tackle I can ever remember seeing in the Premiership. This chap, that, yeah. did you see him? I don't know how that chap's leg wasn't broken. And he just walked oh, off. He didn't care. He just didn't want to play for Sheffield United on that afternoon. Yeah. He wanted to go yeah. down the pub or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I know. It's so hard on the fans, you know that? Yeah. You know, when you do something like that, I just feel for the fans because they, they, they're much more loyal than the players and they're much more caring about in the players and you know you've got to recognize that as well and i i i always admire i've just got the great great admiration you know for people like you who stick with ipswich thick and thin yes. you've been brought up with it and and you the people who are disappointed you know so the sheffield united fans come there and, and just see this side absolutely annihilated what was it 18 minutes he's off yeah you know, you've got no chance you've got no chance against brighton Pretty slick. They haven't been playing their best, but still. If you're a bookmaker, I I keep an eye on the bookmakers because they tend to know. But if I was a bookmaker and they said, okay, you said to me, Lindsay, I want odds on who's going to win the league. I'd have, obviously, have Arsenal, uh, Liverpool and Man City. And I can can only say, I reckon it must be even money for each of them. I can't separate them. They're all brilliant. City (laughs) had an off day on Saturday with Haaland missing open goals left, right and centre. But they're still brilliant. Arsenal are in a rare, a rich vein of form. And Liverpool also startling, scoring four at Brentford. So I think mm-hmm. they evenly match myself. 
Mm-hmm. And they're playing, you know, I, your Man City had a, I don't know, I don't know why they misfired. It could have been because of Haaland. You know, when you watch them and then you get that breakaway goal, <laughs> which was, did you see Pepe? He went wild. Oh, he went gosh, wild. he was apoplectic. <laughs> he was talking to the gods, whoever his gods are. He was screaming his head off. It was funny. Yeah. And, uh, and, and you know, they just packed the goal. I mean, <laughs> you know, there was no way through. And look, eventually you knew they'd score, but um, they're still a very slick, mm. professional team. You know, I just, oh, there's so many good players there. They're so good on the ball. There's such a good understanding. Um, what I like about Arsenal is they're playing forward and they're finding them yet. They still haven't got a striker, hey? You know, and it worries me. Do that, they need that, one? They uh, scored eleven goals in two games. Who needs yeah. a striker? You know, they've scored twenty-two goals in five games. Yes, it's, it's astonishing. Twenty-two goals, which I which I find astonishing. So I don't want to put any kind of curses on them or anything. I'm saying, okay, I can live with this huh? for a meantime. Liverpool are very solid. Also, got some. I think this Nunes is just he's coming into his own now. And Diaz, you know, who were kind of. Uh, they're not relying on Seller anymore, though he, you can't just write him off. He's he's still a super player. But I mean, they've got a, they've got a good strike force there as well. And you know, they've have they dropped Allison or is he injured? He's is injured. Just psychological. No, he's is he? he's okay. injured. Yes, and that's what they say. Yeah. Um, but yes, I, yeah, I believe he I is. Mm. Okay then. All right, David. Well, good luck with the UEFA Champions League this week. We'll uh, probably have a when we speak on Wednesday. We'll know the result of that first leg and also <laughs> the results of the South African budget. Uh, I, I, don't, I know. I, I know which one I find more interesting. David, I, I like, for me, it's the uh, you know the one thing about Enoch. He gets through it fast. Yeah. He doesn't spend hours and hours and hours. He's 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 pretty quick in terms of what he delivers. And he doesn't bring cacti or other plants, and he doesn't quote from Shakespeare or, or uh, you know, or sing fancy folklore songs or folk songs or anything. <laughs> He's just like a typical boring accountant, just says, "Here it is," okay. which is great. <laughs> totally good. Thank you very much, David Shapiro <laughs> is from Sassin Securities, and that was Shapiro World. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors, and do not reflect the policy position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.